0: You've got to be kidding me derek you have got to throw this football he underthrows the football you got to see taylor Rapp is going to be standing there he's standing right there and you throw it to him if anything you put the ball in the air you give your receiver a chance you don't throw it short the thing.
1: live at the golden circle sports book and bar inside treasure island it's cofield and company on their 25
2: back to pass Looking downfield, late pressure. Got lobs it. it towards the middle, and it's intercepted. The ball Taylor Rapp picks it off with two seconds to go. And in a season length full of disappointments.
1: It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas.
3: It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the Yeah!
4: All right, here we go. Treasure Island on a Friday. Our Friday home, Cofield and Company. Ari is back at the Finley Toyota Studios. Our company is Adam Hill. Crazy, crazy Friday off of a wacky Thursday. I think I'm still stunned in many ways. Um, I'll throw in a personal note, Adam Hill, because not only was I sitting there watching the Raiders game and that freaking collapse, but... A little earlier, you know I love college basketball. Sure. I watched my school play, and uh, there was a Ohio State basketball game against Rutgers, which you actually didn't even have on your story list. I figured you'd pile on, but this was the end of the game as uh, my school was up two. They needed to make a free throw to make it three. They missed the free throw. Here comes Ohio State.
2: Five seconds. It's a two-point game. Thornton gets it off. Hold it.
4: So I'll have you watched that video cuz I don't know if you did? The uh, the end of the game cuz you were covering the Raiders game last night. The end of the game, they miss a free throw, player starts dribbling up the floor, like slides by near midcourt. I think he traveled when he did a little bit of a jump stop, then throws it to a player who steps from out of bounds inbounds who then hits the three, which you're not allowed to be the first player to catch the ball after you've left the court. So that was the end of it. They lose. And then I'm sitting there watching the Raiders game, and, you know, I I do a lot of my work at home, right, little home studio, and it's 16-3, I'm like, you know what, let me go uh, take care of some business here. Like, we've got got little 15-second teases that we put in our system, play overnight, play in the morning, right? Here's what we got coming up on the show. And I lay it down, and I'm like, hey, coming up today, Stanford route. And, by the way, Stanford's coming up in about 10 minutes. Stanford route to react to the Las Vegas win in LA. Send it off. Walk down. Watching the game more. Oh boy. 16-10. And then I still can't believe what happened on so many levels from the Raiders just sort of fizzling out on offense. We'll get to running I think a stupid play on third down, but not being aggressive, not trying to annihilate The Rams throughout the game. Derek Hart didn't play well. And then 98 yards with 145 left and no timeouts. Baker Mayfield, like, just got to the Rams, has had no time to study. And he goes right down the field. And then, I I don't know, we'll get your reaction as you were sitting up in the press box because you were down at SoFi. Here's Horowitz at the end of the game.
2: This drive started on their own two-yard line. And it's on the Raiders 23 for a second and 10. Shotgun to Mayfield. Fires towards the end zone. Lofted pass. Caught by Jefferson. No way. Van Jefferson beats Sam Webb into the end zone. And the Rams, with nine seconds to go, are an extra point away from stealing one from the Raiders.
0: I still can't believe that happened. I watched it live. I checked it out. I saw that it happened. Um, and also, it's 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 a weird thing. Like you don't fully get a a grasp of how crazy a situation is, because I know people are watching on TV. They're getting the context. They're getting the commentary. When you're there watching it live, especially when you're working, you watch it in a totally different way. And obviously, for us being on like a tight deadline last night, uh, there was just mass anger and panic in the lock in the press box on both for people covering both sides you know everybody had their stories done everybody was done you know
4: it's funny I part of the preview for the game yesterday I was reading Vic Tafer from the athletic talking a little bit of trash and he said this is a gimme game and then he reacted to someone saying you know calm down nothing's a gimme game the Raiders aren't that good their three game win streak's not that impressive to which he fired back like enough of the excuses and then he also said half my story's already written now I know he was joking but that was at like you know ten in the morning. He said half my story is already written. I didn't even think about you guys are writers. It's done. Oh. It's done. You have it. Your whole thing is done. Any sidebar ideas are at least partially written. You're just going to
0: get some quotes. It's done. I had a sidebar on AJ Cole, almost yeah. half written because of the amazing punt. He he punts to the two. Maybe this was maybe this
4: was a sign that everyone was a little too fired up about eking past the Rams, and not breaking their necks. A.J. Cole hits a punt that rolls like 15 yards down to the two, and I like Hollins, <laughs> The but gritty. he was doing the gritty as someone else touched the ball. Guys, there's still time left, and I know it seems improbable that the worst quarterback in the league who's had extensive time before the game, right, Baker Mayfield by the numbers, the worst quarterback in the NFL with no timeouts and 98 yards to go, like the game is over, but it wasn't over.
0: Yeah, well the game was over unless you have Jerry Taylor on your team. Boy That's, oh boy. The game was over. Boy oh boy. Give, me,
4: give us this play here, cause this was inexplicable.
2: Empty set for Mayfield, shotgun snap. Eyes the middle, Crosby off the edge. He gets home at the 12. Max Crosby for his second sack of the game. And now a flag and it looks like it's gonna be on the Raiders a late flag Baker Mayfield was calling for it and this is going to be a penalty after the play after, after the flag. play unsportsmanlike conduct number 90 of the defense knocking the ball out of the quarterback's hand that's a 15-yard penalty and an automatic first down again this is
0: not an unsportsmanlike that is accounted for disqualification the foolishness just finish the game act like you've got some sense that comes on j- artillery I, I don't know stunned, what he's doing. Stunned, disbelief. I'm almost mad. Like I, like you, as you know, we don't really care, either way. As as journalists, when you're writing st- game story, it's hey, you just tell the story of what happened. You don't care if they win. You don't care if they lose. You're just trying to tell the story neutrally of what happened. Uh, I'm angry at Jerry Tillery for this, only because of the in- insane amount of work he caused everyone, including myself. Uh, I spent my day yesterday. Out at the beach, as we talked about uh, on my spot yesterday when I was on with you, uh, because I had to write a special section for Sunday. Uh, My half of it, you know, four stories about, hey, the Raiders won, now what does this mean the rest of the way? Had a whole special section done about the Raiders' victory. And that's out the window. All done. Had to have to do it all today. It's inexplicable it, games don't come to one come down to one play that's what a lot of people said last night uh, in the locker room you know and, and mostly they were talking about uh the last play of the game the uh the touchdown catch by van jefferson hey don't let it come down to that one play most games do not this game really did and it's not even a play anybody made in between the the tackles it's not a play that was made between the whistles this game was over when jason horwitz on that call right there says max crosby gets home he might as well have said the Raiders win the game. It's over. Minute 30, running clock, receivers were all the way down the field. They weren't going to be able to get back. They were going to run off at least 20 seconds, have a 2nd and 19 play, maybe even have to spike it. There was zero chance for them to win this game. And then Jerry Tillery, for some reason, slaps the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hand. And, you know, I, I, I will say... He has been very good since he got here on the field. He's impacted their defensive line very, very well. He's helped other guys make plays for sure. But this is the book on Jerry Tillery. I believe this is his eighth 15-yard penalty over the last two years. Just simply the man is inexplicable.
4: That loss is inexplicable. And now the season is virtually down the toilet. And it's not all Tillery. It was in the making. The way the Raiders attacked this game against the Rams – was embarrassing, and we shouldn't be shocked that they're sitting right now at 5 and 8. All this talent and the
1: Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co.
5: You have the best receiver in ball, yes, Devontae Adams is still that good. You don't have Waller, you don't have Hunter Renfro. but Derek Carr has to be better than that in the second half, not only in the way that he plays, but making sure that he keeps this team in a position to win when they are fighting for a playoff spot. So as of now, I don't believe the Raiders can ascend to the heights they want to
3: with Derek Carr as the starting quarterback.
1: It's time for former Oakland Raider and NFL Insider Stanford Rout on Cofield and Company.
4: You know, on Fridays, we normally uh, give the show a little time to marinate, break down the weekend in sports, get you ready for a Raiders game. But today we're coming out of the Raiders game and uh, figured, hey, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Easy win, ramps suck. They have none of their players. Baker Mayfield, I mean, he's going to play. That's one of the more absurd Things I've ever heard I talked about it yesterday. There's no way he was going to play. He plays. The Raiders don't freaking close the coffin and bury these guys like they should have in the middle of the third quarter. And now we
5: get a loss to talk about with Stanford. Route Stanford, how you doing, buddy? Oh man, uh, <laughs> I think I speak for a lot of people within Raider Nation when I say uh, not too good uh, because of last night and the blown lead yet again. So uh, definitely uh, trying to lick my wounds right now. Uh, Adam Hill and I are rarely
4: in a position where we're speechless, but like 18 hours later, we just opened up the show and we're both like, I still don't know what happened. This is craziness. What exactly happened on the final drive that allowed the Raiders to freaking fall apart against a guy who'd been there for two
5: days? (laughs) <laughs> well, obviously, like you just said, they fell apart. That's the main thing. Uh, but I, I I would take it a step further. And I know a lot of people, they want to get on Webb, the corner who got beat by Van Jefferson right there in the corner of the end zone. And I, I, I don't see why. That play call, or should I say that defensive play call, was made. Well, I'm right there. I'm looking. It looks like it's it's uh, about to be a split safety look. But then, as you can see right there, your safety is creeping back. And now you're seeing a double. You're seeing a bracket that they have on the slot receiver at well. And last I checked, Van Jefferson is the most veteran receiver of that receiving corps that's still there for the Los Angeles Rams. Last I checked, Hobbs is your best cover guy so why is he not over there on van jefferson which is out there x individual isolated iso on that left sideline That, to me, was just bad play calling by the defensive coordinator. I'm not going to put my rookie corner, Webb, in a one-on-one, man-to-man situation against Van Jefferson, who was basically the go-to guy for the Los Angeles Rams in that situation. He's the most veteran guy. That's who Baker Mayfield is going to look towards. And whenever you're playing man coverage, that's why Baker Mayfield was able to go and have those easy throws in that drive both of those deep balls because it's an easy read i'm gonna mix it up i'm gonna run some zone coverage i'm gonna make him think a little bit more that way now max crosby and chandler jones have a chance to go ahead and get there and collapse the pocket so i put that on on the d coordinator just as much as i would the defense is it almost trying to be
0: too clever where everyone on the planet assumes you're playing zone i think sitting there in the stadium i assume they play zone baker mayfield said he went to the line of scrimmage thinking are they seriously playing man here like everybody thinks they're playing zone, so you go, man, to try to fool
5: somebody. Is it just being too cute? Yeah, I, I don't think it was being too cute. I think it was just simply just a, a boneheaded call. And I say that because if you have, like I said, you can have a rookie corner out there. But guess what? If he's Pat Sertain, number uh, the second. If he is, uh, my man. If he's Darius Slay. If he is Stefan Gilmore. If he is any top-notch corner in the NFL, he's Jire Alexander or whoever. Then I feel comfortable putting him out there on that island. But I got this young rookie who was not a Pat Sertain. He's not some young guy who's going to sit up here and maybe make all pro or the Pro Bowl this season. I'm not going to put him in that situation. I'm going to go and I'm going to play my bread and butter. I'm going to run zone. I'm going to make the quarterback have to hold the ball a little bit longer just because everything needs to open up. I need him to decipher what's going on in that defensive backfield. It cannot be something that he immediately knows within the first 2 steps of his 5-step drop. He already knows where he is going to be going with the ball because it's an easy throw. So when I sit back there and I watch the replay and I see how the safety is bracketing with your nickel in the slot on Atwell, not Ben Jefferson on Atwell in the <laughs> slot. That to me you got to put that on Patrick Graham just as much as you put that on any one of the defensive backs who simply cannot go out there and get it done.
0: That's Stafford Rout joining us, breaking down exactly what happened, if we even can. I, I still, It's still crazy to try to process. Uh, I want to go back earlier in the drive, obviously a couple of uh, plays to talk about. One, the Raiders did get an interception. There was an interference called. Looked to be a good call. Did you agree with it? Yeah, that was uh, that was a pass interference.
5: Emmick uh, okay. Robertson, right there in the slot. Uh, uh, it was a seven cut by the Rams receiver. I forget which one, uh, which receiver it was, but yeah, that uh, obviously it was he. Did, he tried to make it subtle. He tried to go ahead and try to sneak it, but yes, that's a pass interference, and rightfully so, the ref called it. So then we have, I think,
0: the play that a lot of people are focused on. I certainly thought it was the biggest play of the game. Jerry Terry, for some reason and we know why. I mean, he's trying to slow them down as they're trying to get back to the line of scrimmage, but you just can't do it. Knocks the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hand. Uh, my first my first question is why? I mean, you've, you've been a defensive player in the league. You've watched a lot of football. Why would you do that?
5: Oh, that's just being undisciplined. I can't uh, explain it any better or try to, you know, give some sort of sentient hypothesis or anything like that. No, like that's just simple, just bad football. That is just what you call being discipl- undisciplined and just a bonehead, a boneheaded mistake in an ill-advised time, but I'll go ahead and take it a step further. Like, even within the last drive, we can sit over here, we can harp on Tillery. We can harp on Webb getting beat on the game-winning touchdown. We can harp on all of that, but I think we really need to stop that. Let's go ahead and look how it's 13 to three going into the half. The Raiders are supposed to at least get three points, possibly seven where they can literally Put LA in their rearview mirror and then start really just go ahead and just ride out with the victory going into half to, uh, up 20 to 3. And Derek Carr throws an ill advised interception in the end zone, and the Raiders walk away with no points. And now it's 13 to 3 at the half. Derek Carr finished 11 of 20, 137 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. A QBR of 39.2. Come on now. You get Josh Jacobs. Obviously, he's getting a little banged up. He had the finger issue where he had to go to the, uh, to the x-ray machine and things like that. He only had 99 rushing yards. So the Raiders offensively going against a team that did not have Aaron Donald. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Aaron Donald didn't play yesterday, did he? Nope. Nope. You only muster up 16 points against a defense without Aaron Donald? Come on now. Come on. Well, to be fair, Devontae Adams didn't play for the Raiders. hey listen you're not always going to have a monster day as a a top-notch player josh jacobs is not going to have 150 rushing yards or 200 rushing yards every game he's just not because those guys get paid every week also so you're going to have days where you can't go to your go-to guy that's where the other guys got to step up and that's where if i'm paying you 40 some odd million dollars you got to be able to bring that home you got to have better than a a barely above 50 percent completion percentage Derek yeah. carr you got to be able to go ahead and produce and bring this team to a victory even my mi- even minus all of everything that's counted against you because that's why you're the quarterback of the franchise so yeah you can look at the game-winning drive for baker mayfield great throws that he made obviously the defense peed down their leg for the las vegas raiders but i think that to me was collectively that was a team meltdown that was a team loss and there's plenty of plays that you could pick from throughout all four quarters of that game that led to the ultimate demise which had the crescendo in the final drive with Baker Mayfield throwing that touchdown. Stanford it. Rout, great job as always breaking
0: down uh, what is going on with the Raiders. Former Raider with us here as he is every week. Uh, I, to be clear, that was not a shot at Devontae Adams. That was a shot at not getting him the ball because yeah, that dude can catch it even if he's triple covered with people draped all over him. He's insane throwing the ball every once in a while is what I was <laughs> I was trying to say there. But uh, my, my thought was you mentioned Car throwing that interception on the last. Uh, you know, at the end of the first half, did did you get the sense that McDaniel's just lost trust in him in terms of turning the ball over and just saying, "Hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna take that chance again. We're gonna run the ball all second half."
4: I think we lost Stanford for a second there. You oh, guys, there he it. is. Oh, there, there you go. Okay. Stanford, fire away. Did you hear right. the question?
5: Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, when you look at the maybe lost faith, lost faith in Derek Carr. I think that that was just part of the game plan. Just because going into that into the half. It was what, 25 rushes to 13 passes. I believe Josh Jacobs had his 14th carry, I think with like 11 minutes left to go in the first half. So it was very clear that the Raiders want to come out and run the ball and be heavy on it. But I think that when you look at how Derek Carr, when he drops back to pass, there's sometimes where he throws it confidently, putting it right over there on the outside shoulder for Devontae Adams to have a one handed catch or to catch it right before the safety is trying to come over out of the middle field to take his head off with Jalen Ramsey draped over him. And I think that. There's just times where Derek Carr has got to simply be that dog that we know he can be, but is not always consistently. And maybe to some degree, yeah, maybe to some degree, Josh McDaniels has lost a little bit of faith in a Derek Carr. It's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens going forward after this season is over with. But I think that if you're Derek Carr in those situations, you got to be able to step on their throat. You are up 13 to 3. It could be 16 to 3. It could be possibly 20 to 3. You cannot walk away from this drive with no points going into the half. You just simply cannot do that. And I think that when you look at certain points in that game, certain points, you look at Cleveland Farrell jumping off sides, giving the Rams a fresh new set of downs. There are so many different missteps throughout everybody on that team that led to the ultimate loss to the Los Angeles Rams led by Baker Mayfield. If you just told me that, that, (laughs) if you would have named that statement, Eight months ago, I'd have told you you were freaking uh, crazy. So I think that um, obviously they have a lot of work to do, and, yeah, it's going to be interesting going forward to see exactly what Josh McDaniel's mindset is on Derek Carr. You've mentioned about
0: 12 plays that could have changed the outcome of the game if they would have made them, and uh, a lot of things lead up to the end of the game. But just going back to Tillery, how are guys treat- – he's a new guy. He's only been there a couple weeks. How are guys treating him after the game – knowing that that play
5: cost them a chance to win. I think that if you're a young guy and if you're somebody who's a novice, yeah, you're going to be treating him a certain type of way because you're going to blame him. If you're an older guy like a Chandler Jones, if you're an older guy like even a Derek Carr, if you're an older guy and, I, and he's not even older, but I'd say he's now a veteran of Max Crosby, you know that that's not the reason why we lost. There's plenty of things that led into this. Correct me if I'm wrong the score was 13-3 to three at halftime correct yeah the raiders wound up with 16 points correct yeah. right yeah. They, they only got a field goal in the second half they didn't score in the third quarter so there's so many different points there's so many different parts that lead to this so yeah if you're somebody who wants to look at everything of oh well you know whoever makes the last mistake that's the person that lost the game, which is what a lot of novices would go ahead and surmise. But anybody that knows the game of football and knows that it's a team sport and knows that things that happened in the first quarter have an adverse impact on how the game can end, that's somebody on that team, a veteran player. They're not going to look at Tillery specifically, solely as, hey, bro, you lost the game because there's so many other things. There's so many other missteps that led to that. Hey, I wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, the third one play
0: uh, that the Raiders ran, that they could have iced the game by getting a first down there. They don't. And the way they've ran it, they lined up Devontae Adams at tailback, Josh Jacobs at fullback, Jakob Johnson out at tight end. Uh, obviously a lot of second-guessing of that decision. They they give it to Jacobs as an upback. He doesn't get the first down. What they're trying to do there is is obviously with some eye candy with Devontae, everybody starts looking at the backfield, what's he doing back there, yes. and then you hope to just pop, pop a quick play up the middle. But would <laughs> – in retrospect, it's easy to say don't do that. Just get line up Jacob Johnson, let him lead the way and get Josh Jacobs a first down. But did you like that formation?
5: No, I didn't like that formation mainly because the Las Vegas Raiders do not have the Dallas Cowboys offensive line of the 90s. <laughs> I believe that if you have a more powerful, a more steady, more consistent offensive line, then yeah, you go ahead and just like what the late great John Madden said, hey. You know what we're gonna do. Everybody in the stadium knows what we're gonna do. Why don't you stop it? And I think if you have that type of beef up front, then you can be that type of bully. You can be that level of arrogant and gaudy and tell somebody, "Hey, stop it! I'm not even gonna try to. I'm not even gonna try to trick you. I'm not gonna try to outsmart you. Hey, line up and stop it." But the Raiders don't have that type of uh, that type of an offensive line, and so you're not able to just literally line up and say, "Hey, uh, why don't you go ahead and block this?" just because you don't have those types of dogs up front. So that's where you have to get a little bit more exotic, maybe a little bit more creative, a little bit more misdirection. But that's what Josh McDaniels was bought to the Raiders for, to be somebody who has a great offensive mind and to outsmart the defensive coordinator that he's going against.
4: Stanford Rout is with us. He hosts the Believe in Raiders podcast with Dennis Ackerman. One last question. Can you put into perspective what it means for a quarterback to go out there and chuck the ball around the yard and be cool under pressure in the final two minutes when he's been with a team for
5: two days? I think that... When the Rams started going hurry up, when they started going spread offense, that's when Baker Mayfield was at his most comfortable. And I think that when there were certain points in that fourth quarter where the Raiders start going all out blitz, man on the edges, and that's when he was at his best. Because if I'm playing man coverage against this quarterback, it's an easy read for him. He doesn't have to read the defense. So you're playing into his hand whenever he starts going four and five wide. And now I'm just simply playing straight man across the board. I'm leading into what makes him better. I'm giving him the advantage. You have to make sure that he's now at the disadvantage. You gotta mix it up. You gotta put in some zone, you gotta make that internal clock speed up allow your pass rush to get there they did not do that and i think that uh for baker mayfield to be able to keep his poise after just being a ram for 48 hours just flying from carolina for crying out loud man you got to give it to him just because he's obviously going through a lot with all of the turmoil the coaching changes the upheaval that he's had to endure throughout his short career and i think for him to go ahead and manifest that and to be able to stay on guard, to be able to stay focused throughout all of that and come together the last two drives and throw those balls the way he did, I I, I can't do anything but uh, tip my hat to him. Stanford
4: Dynamite spot, man. We appreciate the time. Have a good weekend. Lick the wounds, and the Raiders are
5: back at it next week. <laughs> you guys be good, man. Talk to you next week.
4: There you go. Stanford Route. Believe in Raiders podcast with Dennis Ackerman. Check it out up on uh, all the podcast platforms. You can follow him on Twitter
1: at SRoute26. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., it's Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch, live from the Treasure Island, right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Shotgun to Mayfield,
2: fires towards the end zone, lofted pass, caught by Jefferson! No way! Van Jefferson beats Seconds to go are an extra point away from stealing one from the Raiders.
1: You are listening to Cofield and Company live at the Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar inside Treasure Island.
5: Bells will be ringing.
1: Eighteen hours later, still stunned, disbelief,
4: unreal, unreal. Raiders, crank it up. We need more of that. Load more, load more, load more. Hard to believe. Hard to believe it happened. Uh, listen to the Rams' side of this first. The game-winning touchdown, as it turned out, in the final seconds.
1: Mayfield ready. Under center.
2: Opens up. Hands off. Akers finding pay Pushing the pile. There it is. Touchdown, can the Ram. Touchdown.
0: just listening back it's it's stunning i mean i i came i got back home about three thirty. i watched the game again watching it and uh hearing it all the different angles all the different calls it's just it's a wild wild game and that one just felt like it was okay well at least they got a touchdown rams got a touchdown okay that was you know nice story for them you, you didn't think it meant anything raiders were gonna get the ball back clock is running down, just get one first down. Josh Jacobs get 10 yards. It's all over. And that's not what happened. It, it just continued uh, to kind of snowball from there. The snap, the knee, victory formation for Baker Mayfield.
2: Just days into his stints in Los Angeles. A fourth quarter game winning drive of 98 yards, 17-16, the final.
1: Just so
4: ridiculous. So ridiculous. McVay after the game just freaking super fired up.
3: And you can't say enough about Baker Mayfield and the leadership, the resilience, the competitiveness, um, you know, and, and what a quick study. I mean, he just got here five minutes ago and, and figured out a way to to be able to do some special things tonight. And there was a lot of plays that we had going in a positive direction that ended up getting called back. So, um, you know, just a total team win. Taylor Rapp being able to close it out uh i'm really happy for you know these players these coaches they did a great job and it's a great testament to the resilience of this group and man uh you know you forget what winning's like and it sure is fun pretty crazy right you never expect to hear a super bowl winning coach the defending super bowl
4: champ say i forgot what it was like to get a win and you know the other thing that we just take for granted that extra point in that spot is incredibly pressure filled so the fact that he got it done and they win the game you know they're they faulted all year in different spots and that's why the Rams only had 3 wins coming in but they they sealed it there. Here is McVay talking about the story that was Baker Mayfield which is again still completely stunning
3: You know, there's a lot of concept carryover with things that he's done and you know, you should see his notebook and how quickly he got himself up to speed, but it was one practice. You know, we had a ten we had two ten play periods, uh you know, whatever it would be on a Friday on Tuesday and uh or no on Wednesday, so yesterday and made some throws and was able to do some different things. I mean I just can't say enough about how impressed I am with just the command, the comfort, even just the operation. I mean, being able to just call the plays within the forty-second play clock, or even twenty-five seconds out of a clock stoppage, or it—it it was. Uh, I mean, it, it's. I'm still kind of like, what the hell's going on right now? He—he <laughs> he really does sound just over the moon about
0: about a win finally happening, like that. That they finally have something to celebrate. Finally have something good. You know, some good feelings around the team. And the fact that it came from somebody they brought in just a couple days ago, uh, that they, you know, claimed off waivers. And that a lot of people say, why are you even claiming him? What is the point? Season's falling apart. He, he hasn't been great. What's the point of this? And, you know, they take a chance and, and it rewards them in a victory. Now, I, I'm assuming that if it wasn't Baker Mayfield, this wouldn't have happened. You never know. It could have. But,. Do you think there's any chance the Wolfman could do this? Sure. You think? Yeah. You you don't think you don't think Wolford could have stood there and had the ball knocked out of his hand by a defensive lineman? I think he could have. Well,
4: I mean, there's a lot of lead up to that.
0: Sure. No, it I don't. I, I don't. On,
4: I, Adam, I don't think he could have completed some of the balls that Mayfield completed. I mean, Baker Mayfield does have arm talent. He's oh, yeah. kind of a numbskull off the field at times and a, a bit immature and gets involved in, you know. Verbal brawls and just nonsense you shouldn't get involved in. But you, when you see him playing a game like that, and especially when it's backyard football, you see why he was picked number one. He's got good talent. Oh, yeah. it's just He's got to get his, his mind right. And to your point, we had mentioned on Wednesday, like clearly this is just roll the dice. Maybe he can play out the season. You get him for a little bit. You get him cheap next year. Reclamation project. Who knows what's going to happen with – Matt Stafford's back. I saw it today. He doesn't need surgery, but you know, Matt Stafford. We were just talking about Andrew Luck yesterday. Matt Stafford got a Super Bowl now. He's getting pretty beat up. Yeah, he may not play beyond 34 years old. He could walk, and they may need someone for the future. And I thought Mayfield yesterday showed some really good things. Now it was funny. A little more of that audio piece as McVeigh was standing. At the dais, also included him giving props to the Raiders, good organization, Josh McDaniels, have a lot of admiration for them, the way they fought the last three weeks to get wins. But then when he went into the locker room, or he was in the locker room before that, he did make sure to go over to a former Raider assistant and have that guy enjoy the moment. Hey,
3: great job, man! Unbelievable! I want to be able to recognize a special coach real quick? All right, what's with the Raiders? Now he's with us. Where's Greg Olson,
0: man? Yeah! Ole. Making an appearance. It's good. Uh, the last time he was with the Raiders, I think there was some, uh, I'll just say some frustration from Ole with how some of the players handled the end of the game in Cincinnati. Uh, and it, it's good, I think. Do to tell a little more? Well, I mean, obviously a – Raiders quarterback made a massive mental blunder at the end of the playoff game that came back on the coaches. And Remind the everyone fault. again what what happened. Derek Carr, for some reason, spiked the ball on first down when they got inside the 10-yard line. Right. So and they should have had
4: four chances. They're in yeah. a
0: desperation situation, and he pisses away a play. Yeah, and I think it came back on the coaches, and I think the coaches said, you think we called that? But they can't say that publicly. Right. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I think that there was some, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's – There's probably lingering animosity, and animosity is not the right word. Just, you know, there's good feelings when you can beat a former employer that, you know, that moved on from you. And it wasn't that they moved on from him necessarily. It was the the whole staff. But um, it's got to feel good, and it it feels good for players when they beat their former team, and we're going to deal with it here. You know, Josh McDaniels has Patriots Week coming up, so. uh, Boy, that lost some luster, didn't it? By the way, sorry, NFL. I said at the beginning of the week you uh, screwed all of us. The
4: Las Vegas poll. And, you know, us not getting uh, snuff exposure, Sunday night football exposure. I don't blame you. Maybe you saw this coming with the Raiders.
1: Join Cofield and Company on Fridays for the 3-6 to show at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company.
4: Moving toward the 4 o'clock hour. We're going to get into the Niners a little bit. We'll talk to another one of our NFL insiders, Ian Williams, former NFL player, will be with us. We just talked to Stanford route, Mark McMillan, another former NFL player. It's big football Friday. Raiders lose. We'll take a break from the Raiders for a couple minutes before our heads explode. Uh, Inexplicable. So many things to get into. Adam, there's actually a UFC event in town how does the card
0: look now? Uh, not great, I would say. I mean, I think there's some some entertaining things and exciting things to watch on the card. There's some reasons to, I think, tune in. Uh, the biggest one being Patty Pimblett, who is doing his best Conor McGregor impression this week. And who is he? Really, the last couple of years. I He's, saw him
4: at the the Raiders game last yeah. week. They put. Him, I was sitting in the stands of the Raiders game. They put him on the screen, and. Um, didn't have a, a whole lot of buzz in the
0: stadium. I, I know he's got buzz in the MMA world. Who is he? He's got buzz on social media, too. I mean, he's, he's from Liverpool. Uh, really exciting young fighter. Uh, three fights in the UFC, three performance bonuses. Probably debatable whether he deserves to be in a co-main event of a UFC pay-per-view at this point. But I don't think there's any question he's the biggest star on this card and the, one that, uh, the reason that people are tuning in. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like... Uh, that's the biggest reason to watch this. It's a card that, look, was supposed to be massive and kind of fell apart. Who's out? Well, they announced a a quote-unquote main event that was really supposed to be a co-main event because they were supposed to get John Jones' return on this card. That didn't happen in terms of the negotiations with either uh, Stipe Miacic or the uh, injury rehab from Francis Ngannou. So John Jones not on the card. So that co-main event had to become a main event, and then that got scrapped because Yuri Procheka got hurt shoulder surgery out for uh, probably a year, so he gets stripped of the title. They make a new light heavyweight title, uh, which is, look, Ekolaev and blahovich is that going to move the needle? Probably not. is a really, really good fighter, uh, but are pe- people are going to be impressed when they watch him, but are they going to tune in for it? Probably not. And then you move Paddy Pimblett up to the co-main to, to try to be the guy that carries the promotion, and he's trying, He's like I said, Conor McGregor impression. What did he do yesterday? Trash a certain member of the MMA personality landscape, I guess. Who's Uh, that? Ariel. Yeah. Uh, So Ariel Hawani, what? What's this angle? Oh, he uh, he really he went after Ariel yesterday, and Patty did. Yeah, on a on his podcast, he had Dana White on the podcast, and he used it to uh, trash Ariel, and Dana then applauded him for doing so. What were they saying? Uh, basically, Ariel makes all of his money off fighters and then won't pay them to come on and do interviews, which is just a silly, like, it's a silly Why would he? Right. But uh, Paddy Pimlet did make an, a, a point that he said that he was booked to do a paid appearance and Ariel really went after him for not canceling the paid appearance to come on with Ariel, which, hey, if he did that, that's, you know, probably an issue. Uh, but paying for interviews is not going to happen and you're not exploiting fighters when you're doing media coverage of them you're helping them uh but yeah he did that which is a conor mcgregor move attack attack quote-unquote media people and uh then he's tinged with racism and some of the comments that he's made about some of his previous opponents and other guys on the card which is another conor mcgregor tactic like he's he's kind of following the blueprint that conor followed and the, the thing you have to do is back it up with wins which is what conor did early in his career and uh, now, Patty Pivot has to do that as well. And that is on the biggest stage. What about Dana White with the media stuff now? Well, he but he's DL... he got a long time deal with Ariel. W- yeah, with Ariel, sure. they, they haven't gotten along over the years for sure. And uh, so he was, yeah, he was applauding and happy uh, that Patty Pivot did it. And he just kind of he kind of let it go and then apl- the, kind of give him a standing ovation for doing it. Now, have you, have you become
4: like casual MMA media, or is this kind of literally yeah. one of the things? Like that's one of the
0: biggest stories of the week, not the fights. Oh, a, yeah. that's not a good sign. No, but it's it's but Patty Pimblett is creating something. Okay, like there was nothing going on with this. What with weight this class car. is he in? Uh, lightweight. So one fifty five. Yeah.
4: So does he have a chance to rise to the top and become a big personality? Oh yeah, I mean, well I mean look, and a winning fighter. Yeah, he's
0: three zero in the UFC. He's in a co-main event a pay-per-view. So I mean he's he's moving oh. up, and they're moving him up uh, because of this. And and look, I the main event is not moving needles, but. I know social media impressions. It's like four to one, co-main event over main event, which you know tells you a lot, uh, not only about the main event but also the co-main event. Yeah, Paddy Piblics doing what he can. He's been, you mentioned he's at the Raiders game. He was uh, kind of around town doing some things. Like he's doing everything he can to try to, to try to push this. He got in a fight yesterday with somebody he's not even fighting on this card. <laughs> uh, like that's that's the Conor McGregor playbook. So he's he's trying to follow it, and he's got the accent and the you know the kind of out there personality and he's he's working that and he's using it. You know, the funny thing is when
4: these cards get crushed because of a lack of name value, a lot of times they turn out to oh, be yeah. the best fights because you have some younger fighters, some unknown fighters, some fighters who are on the decline
0: and everyone just freaking throws hands. Yeah, and uh, look, I'm, I'm excited uh, to cover this. I don't get to cover UFC enough anymore. I'd like to do it a lot more, so I'm excited that it's here, that the Raiders don't have a game uh, this weekend. They already played this week, so... Uh, I'm fired up for it. I, I think there's, there's some some good reasons to uh, to tune in and watch it. Uh, it's just it's like 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 you said it's not gonna it's not the guys that are gonna get you to tune in, but if you do tune in, you're probably gonna find some guys that you like. Wait, I was just looking at the lightweight rankings. Cause I you know I kind of lose track of who is
4: fighting in which class. How, how far do you have to go? <laughs> the, U- the UFC rankings. The main event fighter is not ranked in the top 15 in his weight class. Tell me. All right. But you said he's the biggest name on the card. Oh, yeah. He's not a top 15 fighter yet in, in, at 155? Oh. Well, did, it, that has always been one of the deepest divisions. Oh, for sure. But my Absolutely.
0: lord. I think he will be maybe after, after they get a win in this one. Like,
4: What would happen if they match up Makachev now against him? Oh, no. no chance. No shot? Not no chance. Uh, what about a... That's a really bad matchup anyway. What yeah. about like an old veteran like uh, Rafael Dos Anjos?
0: Dos was a beast last week. He he was awesome oh, okay. last weekend. That's tough. Are he they having
4: or in general are they having trouble with depth on their cards? Uh, or is it all okay? They just, they just fell into some bad
0: luck here. Well, like the Orlando card last week was awesome. This this was the problem with this card was it was the John Jones card. That's the issue with this card that it was a good card built around John Jones return. And then John Jones is back. Which, by the way, not John Jones' fault. Like, they couldn't find the opponent for him, was the issue. Uh, but yeah, this, this was built around being a John Jones card, and it's not. Coming up this weekend, we got more World Cup with
4: a big game between France and England, and ESPN Las Vegas will be on the scene with great drink specials. Four bucks on Miller and Coors drafts, five dollar. Modelo Draft, Bucket Specials, as well Seltzer Bucket Specials. It'll be a Parkway Tavern at the District, Green Valley. Parkway Tavern at the District, Green Valley. Uh, That has been our viewing spot throughout the World Cup. 11 a.m., Magnum from over on Fox Sports Las Vegas will be on the scene, watching the game, giving out prizes. It's all sponsored by Finley Toyota and the Valley Auto Mall tomorrow, 11 o'clock, to watch World Cup with Magnum, Parkway Tavern, in the District.